I have been very excited for Sunday to get here this week because I have some cool stuff to tell you about the Beatitudes. <laughs> now, sometimes when famous passages of Scripture come along, it can be hard, of, hard to think of something new to say about them. And that's what I was expecting from today's gospel, which is arguably one of the most beloved, famous teachings of Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. These verses have been comforting the faithful for generations, and they are the stuff of hallmark knickknacks, cross stitches, and prayer cards. Or maybe you know them through Monty Python's Blessed Are the Cheesemakers. <laughs> Whatever your history with the Beatitudes, you probably know them pretty well. And I thought I did too, until I came across two scholars talking about them on their podcast, Bible Worm. It's like bookworm, Bible Worm. It is as nerdy and wonderful as it sounds. But what makes this unique is that one scholar is Jewish and one is Christian, and they ask each other about resonances and nuances in biblical texts that would be easy for us to miss. The episode about today's passage, oh, it rose to the occasion, and I will never think of the Beatitudes the same way again. And I credit the Bible Worm scholars for the following interpretation. Let's start with a $10 word, which is intertextuality. It means reading one biblical text next to another to see how one echoes, imitates, or helps interpret the other. We've been learning about it lately in the Sunday Forum in a study of the miracles of Jesus through the lens of a Jewish New Testament scholar. For example, when Jesus stills the storm as the disciples are panicking on the boat, we should hear resonances of the story of Jonah, who had a very similar boat scene. When we read the New Testament for echoes and themes from the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament, the stories come alive in new and richer ways, and we begin to hear them more as Jesus' listeners would have. Such is the case with the Beatitudes. For example, take, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Now, I've always thought of mourning here in this verse as a reference to those of us who have lost a loved one, and that God has special concern for us when that happens. But it has another meaning as well. If we read it next to a passage in Isaiah, Mourners in that passage are grieving the Babylonian exile and the destruction of their community. Theirs is a collective mourning about the way things are and that the world is not as it should be, and they feel the pain of that. If you feel in your soul that the world is not as it should be, blessed are you. As people of faith, we are called to bear witness to that truth and to feel the weight of it. It's an important step 
as we try to help repair the world. Let's also look at the the familiar line, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. It sounds like a pretty obvious call for humility. But if we read it next to Psalm 37, something shifts. The lowly shall possess the land, and they will delight in abundance of peace. The Hebrew word for lowly here is anava, and anava means to take up the space that is rightly yours and not to take up space that is not yours. The biblical tradition insists that we are not to make ourselves too big or too small, and that's difficult to do. If we were all to practice anava, the whole community would live in harmony. Let's look at one more verse through this intertextual lens. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. The Hebrew correlate here would be hesed, or loving kindness or compassion. It reminds us, reminds us of a passage in Proverbs which reads, Those who despise their neighbors are sinners, but happy are those who are kind to the poor. Hesed is about having complete openness, generosity of spirit toward others. This is an all-encompassing attitude about how to interact with your neighbors, not out of scarcity, but with open arms. And if you live like that, it comes back to you because we are all creating that kind of community together. And that would change the world if you really start to think about it. We'd all be living in a world that is closer to the kingdom of heaven here on earth. For Matthew, the gospel writer, the kingdom of heaven refers to how it will look when we live together well with righteousness. Now, like many of us, I've always thought of the Beatitudes as comforting, maybe even a little sweet. But we can start to see that they are more like a roadmap for a much more demanding way to live, with radical compassion for everyone, with a holy grief that the world is not as it should be, and with a mandate to take up only our God-given space while keeping our egos in check. And from there, Jesus raises the stakes a little higher. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. True to his own story, Jesus is honest here about the path of the Beatitudes. When we are humble and compassionate, neighborly, creating community in which everyone is welcome and respected, those who live by the ways of the world tend to get angry. Those who lord power over others will be upset. The religious path is not the same as the worldly one, and it never has been. But take heart, Jesus adds, because we are called to live this way as part of a long and faithful line of those who came before us and those who will come after us. 
This is not just about me or us. We are not alone in this good and faithful work which began with the prophets long ago. Prophets like Micah, who once said so beautifully, What does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Now, if any of this feels like a heavy burden or less than good news, I invite you to see the joyful hope that anchors these ancient teachings. The Beatitudes invite us into a way of life that we can actually start today. We do not have to wait on some distant future for things to get better. We can live into the kingdom of heaven already. We can live by these values and do it publicly so that others can learn from them and also be drawn into the kingdom of heaven. The more of us who do this, the more the world will start to look like the kingdom of heaven. So my friends, this morning, take whatever comfort you need from the Beatitudes, but also let them inspire you. Let them call us into kingdom of heaven living. We already have our instructions, which come with an extraordinary vision of what this world could be. And we can start today. Amen.